Power to the Practice Manager podcast is giving a voice to dental practice managers all over the world. Join us for in-depth discussions to support you in accelerating your profession, as well as great conversations that will enhance your work-life balance and personal well-being. Welcome and thank you for joining us for the Power to the Practice Manager podcast. I'm your host, Aileen Cups, and on today's episode, we'll be discussing survival tips for transitioning to the practice manager role. Our guest speaker today is Hannah Steer. Hannah has worked in the dental field for over 10 years. She studied as a dental nurse in the UK and has worked her way up to practice manager. She's played a key role in the success of a startup practice and most recently supported in the rejuvenation of a practice that had been operating for over 70 years in need of much TLC. Hannah's passion for dentistry and creating the ideal patient journey has allowed her to build strong systems and create self-managed teams. Welcome, Hannah, and thank you so much for joining us today. How are you going? I'm really well, thank you. It's great to be with you. Uh, Thanks for asking me on the show. Yeah, and thanks for getting up so early over there. I know it's an early start for you there in the UK, so we certainly appreciate that. You know, Hannah, this is this is a pretty, you know, loaded topic that we have today. So I would love to just get straight into it with you in terms of um, the strategy for transitioning to the PM role. What were some of the biggest challenges that came up for you when you first transitioned to the role of PM? Well, on reflection of that, Eileen, I think the biggest challenge was not being fully supported in the transition. When I first started the practice management role, I had been promoted from senior dental assistant to practice manager. However, there wasn't a practice manager there at the time to help me with that transition. So I sort of had to find my way around when knowing all the compliance policies, procedures, two, how to manage staff, and three, managing the patient journey as well. So all of that combined, if you delve deeper into those three compartments, is um, is a lot. It's a lot to learn with no support um, at hand. So we were part of a chain. So even the CEO wasn't on site all the time. So it it was sort of figuring out and prioritising what needed to be done um, whilst trying to support a team as well, whilst having no managerial experience. Yeah, I mean, I've been a practice manager. I think it is the hardest job on the planet. You know, my hat goes off to you, certainly um, having, you know, been in that role with, with not really having that support and backup from the principal dentist and really, you know, those structures in place to support you in being successful. So obviously, you know, you've learned a lot, you've grown a lot. Um, Sounds like you, you had to learn quite a bit on your own over, over the years. So I'm, I'm curious, Hannah, what are some strategies that you would recommend to set up, you know, a new PM who may have just been promoted to the role of PM? Well, I think the positive of being promoted in a practice already is that you already have a feel for how the practice works. Um, So that's already a stepping stone with helping you um, move forward. But 
strategies one is having a clear job description but it's all good and well having that clear job description you need to understand what that means um though so understanding each objective and how you can achieve that and be successful in meeting the criteria of the job role um i think having a good discussion with the owners and knowing what does success look like um how as a practice manager how will i know i'm i am successful and when will i be successful how are we going to measure this so that we're both on the same wavelength um so as a new practice manager you're not going off on one tangent and the ceos or the principal dentists are looking at it a different way so i think Absolutely. yeah asking asking lots of questions and really really understanding what they want from you and what you can do for them as well yeah and I remember you know from one of our previous discussions Hannah that really stood out for me that you shared was getting really clear on the core values of the practice and how you know that really supported you in leading the team powerfully like knowing what what those values were and what they stood for and what behaviors you know look like within those values can you share a little bit about that because I think that's really powerful uh, when when I started at my most current role we were on the same page we knew what our values were but they weren't written down we we grew very quickly in a short space of time and with that growth you get more staff, you have more patients, you have more um, dentists, you have bigger ideas. And although we knew what our values were, sometimes if there was a situation where we wanted to refer back to them, oh, these are them, but they're not. And that is when we were like, right, we now actually need clear values written down because whoever comes on board next We'll want we'll need them to share these values with us, and I think that was a really really defying moment for me when I realised how important they were, especially if you're managing someone else's practice. Um, you want to be going in the same direction as them, so that I think is a really really. It may not seem like you need it at the start if you're a small practice. But actually, further down the line, they're going to become really invaluable to you. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know initially we we feel like it's a, it's a very American thing or it's it's very fluffy. So I, I love that you speak from you know the proof of what a difference it, you know they've made for you um, in your practice. And you know, it just really, I think when we use those, it really just gives the clarity and the certainty of like actually, you know. I am holding the team accountable to, you know, these behaviours based on those values. Like it gives you that certainty in terms of knowing that you're on the right track in terms of your leadership as well, which is really powerful. So, you know, that sounds like one great strategy for, you know, for our practice managers in supporting them with, um, you know, uh, setting them up for success in leading the team. What would you recommend 
you know, for a new PM with working with their principal dentist, what strategies would you recommend or best practices to support them in creating that that partnership and that alignment? I think the most important thing is having the support from the principal dentist. It, it can be quite difficult if the principal dentist is ch- chair side five, five days a week. Uh, where do you find that time? I, I think the answer is you have to make that time. Um, mm. They're the key factor in the practice manager's success. If the practice manager isn't supported, then they're sort of guessing what they're doing. And um, sometimes your guesses could be the right the right thing and sometimes they may be the wrong, but it's feeling that support from them and the, from the principal dentist so that you can make decisions confidently and know whichever decision you've made that you are fully supported but being able to sound that out with them before you make decisions especially when you're new in that role is so important so that you are going on the right track I think making lunchtime meetings every Tuesday or whatever works um, but making sure that time is sacred you know it's it's not going to get changed because the patient's overrun you know it's a sacred part of the week and I think that will make the new practice manager feel more comfortable and competent in their role because it's a it's a very overwhelming um to be there alone and if you're moving from a practice to a practice manager's role you sort of have to change not change who you are but you you can't be so much involved in what's going on in the practice with the team so you need that support elsewhere Um, and I think that comes from the the principal dentists and the owners yeah and you know I love that you mentioned you know that one-on-one meeting because you know I think that's always the first one that gets taken out you know, it's always the first one that, uh, you know, patient get gets booked in on top of. And I think, you know, um, I love what you said about making that a sacred time because, you know, it, it, that's got to mean a level of accountability from both of you to have it turn out. You know, it's not just on you. It's not just on the PD. It's really got to be, you know, a hold, you know, being a stand for each other of that being important because, like you said, when they don't happen, you don't get that communication, that alignment, and you know it can it can quickly unravel. I think without that communication, so it's really really important for sure. What about you know with the team? Like if if we had a PM that that is transitioning to that practice manager role. How would they address the team? Like, you know, what did you do that made a difference? Or maybe, you know, you made mistakes and you're like, oh, I won't do that again. Like, what, what do you think would support a new PM in really getting getting that trust from, from the team? Yeah, this is um, one of my biggest learning curves from my initial days as a practice manager to how I would do things now. And I think... Um, just talking to your team is imperative. That transparency with them, they're there every day with you. They know if something isn't quite right or if something is changing, they can feel it. And what I've learned is that being very open with them and very clear with them early on in that decision-making 
leads to a better outcome. Yeah, talking to the team and letting them know early on that there is going to be some change and you want them to come on board with you. Um, Change is nerve-wracking, not only for someone being promoted or someone coming on board, it's also nerve-wracking for the team. Their day is going to change and look differently as well. So if you can support them along the way with supporting everything else, you're going to get a more positive reaction from them. And also you can sound out, are there any concerns that you have with this? Or is there opportunity for you to grow on this journey as well? Are there jobs that you could pick up that you've been looking at for a while and now they're they're there for you to do? Is it something you've been thinking about? So it's really good to have a one-on-one discussion with each team member and and see, see how they're feeling about everything. Yeah, I, I I love that you shared that, Hannah, because, you know, I think, you know, a, a group discussion, first and foremost, is really important. I love that you said, you know, full transparency, because I like to say, if we don't tell the story, they'll make up the story around it. So I think it's really important to have those conversations. And also for the PD to be you know, addressing the team and letting the team know what your role is is in and that. And that I would love you to talk a little bit about, Hannah, about how important it is for the team to know who to go to and when, Um, because I think that's always such, you know, a challenge um, early on with practice managers. Definitely. I think, you know, the principal dentist for them to set those boundaries early on during this transition, even while the previous practice manager is still there, having these discussions with the team, you know, what does it look like? Who do we go to for what? Really, really is crucial. The principal dentist doesn't want people going around the practice manager. So this, again, is creating that support for the practice manager and supporting the team you know you still go to the practice manager for any learning development training concerns there there will be no change with this you know and if it's really really an issue then you can come to me but making sure that there isn't a sideline where you can go around Mm. the practice manager initially is so important for learning and development for the whole team really I think. Yeah and I think that's one thing that I've seen you know, particularly if that principal dentist has, you know, been very much hands-on in the practice. And I think it's hard for them to relinquish a bit of that control. And, you know, I think for them to hold the accountability of saying to that team member, you know, have you shared that with Hannah? I think you should go speak to Hannah about that. You know, I think that's something that, um, you know, it, 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 we have to kind of create that new habit if they've been so used to doing it a different way for so long. Um, when that happens as well, in my experience, the principal dentist um, will be slightly fearful as well, therefore try to pick up extra responsibilities, uh, especially in our team. We try to become more self-managed, but you know, as someone's leaving and someone's learning the new role, it's only natural to try and help out and try and do this and try and do that. But the best thing for the practice owners is to step back and let the practice manager do the role. And then you can touch base during these sacred meetings um, 
but it's really important to allow the practice manager to have that space to flourish and be able to do their job efficiently and effectively there's no good two people doing doing the same role so true so true and you just reminded me of something when you were sharing that like I I say quite often to my practice managers is you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself first and I think you know I mean I would love you to share with our audience you know how you had to create that time and space for you to be able to really um, be, you know, effective in your role. Like what were some things that you had to create in order for that to happen? I think one one thing that was really important was when I started my role, my most recent role was really understanding the practice and how it runs. Um, you know, I was I was less... I didn't have many demands early on. I was just really, really looking into how things worked. Um, and then once I got my head around the computer system, the figures, what we were doing well, I re- was able to sit back and think, okay, what does good look like and what things can we improve? But I made sure that I was fully comfortable with the team members. I had a re- made sure that that was a priority, making sure I had a really good network with them first before I came in and made some changes to rejuvenate some systems to improve patient care and the journey um so yeah I think that was the key part was really just understanding the business first before I came in and tried to make my mark on things Um, yeah I think that it's really important yeah because that can that can be you know quite you know quite invasive to the rest of the team if someone comes in and they start changing things around so I love that you just really um you know got really comfortable in the foundation of knowing you know what the systems were and what good looks like I think that's a really it's it's really honorable for you to to focus on that because sometimes we all want to just like you know shine brightly and and I think um focusing on the foundations is is really powerful so, uh, you know, one thing as well that I that I see in practice managers, and I'd love to just, you know, I'll use a, a, a term, a click down with you a little bit in terms of what level of, you know, vulnerability did you share with the team? I mean, I, I sometimes see practice managers that, you know, they want to always look like they've got it all together and that, you know, nothing's ever a problem, you know, they are they can do anything anytime and it's all you know rainbows and butterflies but um you know what were some things that you really you know shared with your team that that showed a level of vulnerability that had them you know realize that you're only human right yeah I think the really important part is as a practice manager you're always learning and you're not invincible there's always something to learn from your team. When I started, I didn't know the computer system. Who's going to teach me? My team. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, learning from each other is a really important factor. And the most, I think the best times I had with my team was when we would check in quite frequently. Maybe we'd have a sit down and a coffee once a month with each team member and uh, just having a chat, what they're doing well, but what what am I doing well? And is there anything I could do to improve as well? Because 
as a practice manager, like you said, you you're deemed to meant you you need to know it all, but you don't. And you know, there could have been a situation where I could have handled something a lot better. And I really valued that feedback from my 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 team because um, otherwise, how are you going to grow and progress in your own career? So I think the one to ones with my team, you know. Instead of having a check in every six months, it would only be a fifteen minute coffee. You know, how are you? How and then it would be reciprocated both ways, not just one way. You know, to the team member. So I think they they were. That's when I was my most vulnerable. And also, if something didn't go quite well, you know, every day in huddles we would talk about what went well, what didn't go well. Well, if if something didn't go well, that I was accountable for I would be accountable for I'm really sorry I I didn't get to do this or I come up with this idea and it it didn't go to plan and I think sharing that vulnerability with your team allows the other side to be vulnerable with you as well so I, I learned that a lot in my last role I think my initial role when I was learning to be a practice manager I felt like I needed to know it all so I it's a real big learning curve for me that one yeah, I I totally, you know, I love that you brought up feedback because I think, you know, when we actually, you know, ask for feedback ourselves and put ourselves out there, you know, you're you're the true example then in what you're setting for your team. So I I love that you um, you know, really created that and really embraced feedback. Um, for yourself and you know and then when the team see that you're receiving it and how you take it you know that's just you know easier for them to take it on like you're, you're the true example of what that looks like so Hannah you've recently relocated back to the UK and you have had to transition your role as PM onto another successor. What was your strategy? You know, having been through what you've gone through when you when you uh, initially took on the role, what was your game plan and strategy to support the new PM in being successful? Sure. My, so I wanted to look at my previous experience in and my onboarding experience with roles and make sure that I could create a full toolkit for my successor um, so that she knew everything I could possibly teach her before I left. Um, And that went down to really small things, who to call if the electric went, um, who to call for X, Y, and Z. Uh, So I, I down to that small fine detail but then looking at my successor's strengths what was she really good at and how can we make sure we're using her skills and to make sure that she is going to be successful one of the things I learned during my role was to pre-block my day so and week so every Monday I would be doing a certain task Tuesday this and that and I sort of, she liked structure. So I set her up a four-week plan. What should be done in week one, two, three, and four in order for you to be successful? Now, that was very much operational. Um, so the finances, um, treatment, outstanding treatment plans, rostering, hours, etc. But if she followed that plan, 
she wouldn't miss a mark and nothing would run behind. And also by giving her a plan, it allowed her to know what she had to do and then also learn to start thinking strategically and forward thinking as well. It wasn't a mad rush to get every all the compliance done in one week because she hadn't done it in three months. You know, she would be doing a day of it every week, so it would never build up. Uh, so I think that was the most important part of my transition out. I called it my ex- exit strategy, but her success <laughs> strategy. Um, so they were the same thing, but, you know, this was going to make sure that she was successful. And the next important thing I think worked really well for us in my last two weeks I sort of took a step back and she stepped into the role and we did a lot of you know what would you do so they would go to her instead of me and then she would come to me and we would really sound out have you thought about this have you thought about this what do you think why would you do that and um I think that was really, really successful and gave her a lot of confidence. Mm, I love, you know, as a methodical myself, I love structure. So, I mean, I would be just, I would love the way, you know, if someone set me up the way that you did. And, you know, I think, you know, you not having that um, and you creating that for her was definitely such a huge gift that you that you enabled her to really you know start the new role in an empowering way so you know in wrap up Hannah is there any you know last um advice that you would love to pass on to any PMs that have just taken on the new role any any greatness that you want to pass on delegation (laughs) yes love it yeah I think um, really in even in this role that I um, just moved out of and my my lovely successor um, she was fabulous front desk um, front office managed it all as she moved into this PM role there's certain aspects she not no longer needs to do but she has other objectives and KPIs to meet what does she now need to delegate down um, to our, because we grew, so our other front of house, what can she delegate to them so she can really, really focus on her role as well? And it's hard to let go and it's hard to not think, I'll just do it because it's easier rather than training someone and eventually your life will be easier Um but it's so important. Delegate and check in. Always check in though um, after just to make sure everyone's everything's been completed and everyone's on the same page. But I think that's a really important part of the role. Absolutely. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for your insight and knowledge on today's topic. I could honestly just keep chatting with you for ages. You've certainly given our practice managers some great nuggets in terms of some strategy around transitioning um, to the role of the practice manager. So thank you once again for your time. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed the experience. 
You're welcome. So if you want to know more about the Power to the Practice Manager podcast, please visit our website at primepractice.com.au. Thank you.